believe God wants to meet somebody's need here today. He just told us He wants to meet that need. Somebody say amen. And I believe God wants to do it in families today. I believe God wants to do it in men, women, children, singles, husbands, wives, children, siblings. I believe God wants to do a miracle in that format today. Can I get a witness today? In other words, I believe God wants to heal a marriage today. I believe God wants to heal a relationship today. I believe God wants to turn the heart of a father back to the children. I believe God wants to turn the heart of a mother back to her children. I believe God wants to turn the heart of the children back to their parents. I believe God, He just told us, I'm here to meet somebody's need. I'm not in a temple somewhere. I'm here right now to meet somebody's need. He wants to do it today. How many came in needing a miracle in your family structure, whatever it may be? You won't lift your hand. God's able today. I said God's able today, today. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise today because He is able. Amen. He is able. I want to speak to you today for just a few minutes because I believe the Lord. We're going to open this altar uh, up uh, here in just a minute. Now, the word altar means high place. We're going up to a place to fellowship with God. And it ought to be a sacred place. The, the men of old in the Old Testament, this was a sacred place. It, it wasn't a challenge to go to the altar. It's a place where they met God. So the altar's a place I want to go. I can meet God anywhere. I meet, meet Him in my office, meet Him in my truck. But there's something about the place of corporate worship where we go, we take our families to the altar. A high place, going above the things of this world. Amen. Going above our own opinions and getting in the presence of God. He's here. And I believe God wants to speak to us. I guess I've entitled what I'm going to say today uh, simply this. My family, the world's blessing. I want that to settle on you for a minute. My family, the world's blessing. I want you to think about your family. I want you to think about maybe you're single today and you say, well, that doesn't have anything. Well, sure it does. I want you to think about a single parent. I want you to think as a single parent or a child of of parents and you're standing here today and you say, well, I don't have a family. Well, I want you to think in this term. Is my family being a blessing to the church, to the community, to this world? My family is designed to be a blessing. Well, no, Brother Gene, we're just going to work. We're going home. We're going out to eat. We're going to rent a video. And we're going to, you know, we're going to spend family time. We're just kind of hanging out with our, you know, our family. We love our family. Wait, is my family this world's blessing? Because if my family makes no difference at Walmart, Pizza Hut, or 1,600 meals cart, then I'm missing the point. My family's not just to go camping with and fishing with. My family is to be a blessing to the world. Now that's huge. That's big. That means I may need to come to some realization about what God feels about me being a husband, my wife being a wife, and my kids being kids. 
I want God to speak to me today. I want God to heal a marriage today. Because God doesn't want your family to be a curse. He wants your family to be a blessing. Somebody say amen. And I'm going to take my text in Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Man, that's huge. My family, the world's blessing. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We begin today in the book of Genesis, and Genesis may be rightly called the book of beginnings. Everybody say beginnings. The book of things beginning. And in the opening 11 chapters, we witness the beginning of God's creation, the beginning of the human race, the beginning of marriage, the beginning of family, and sadly, the beginning of human sin. Somebody say amen. In the first 11 chapters, we've witnessed creation, the human race, marriage, family, and destruction, the destruction of sin, of our lives because of sin. In fact, in Genesis 1 through 11, the very air we breathe literally and figuratively has its origins in Genesis chapter 1 through 11. Now as we open chapter 12, we find that it too signals a new beginning. Everybody say a beginning. In this chapter, we find the earliest shoots of the Jewish family tree. In fact, there was no such thing as a Jew until God called Abraham. And since salvation in John chapter 4 is from the Jews, the Bible says, Genesis 12 and the following chapters offer us the initial blueprints of God's great plan of salvation. It begins, everybody say begins, in Genesis chapter 12. And when we read about God calling Abram, we are not simply given a lesson in history. We are actually tracing a storyline that takes us all the way to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. For the Lord said to Abram, In thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now that's a big statement. That me and my, think about it. What God said to Abraham, that he and his children, by them all the families that ever exist on earth would be blessed. That's a pretty big statement. To think that me as a husband, me as a father, that my two kids, whoever they marry, whatever kids they have, whatever grandkids I experience, and then after I'm dead and gone, what great-grandkids and the generations start mounting and going on. That something could happen in my encounter with God today that all the families of the earth could be blessed by what's going on in my life. That's huge. 
In fact, think of all our social problems today. Homelessness, divorce, abuse, molestation, child endangerment, and the list goes on and on. If something could happen today that would make a man a family man (laughs) and make a woman a family woman and children to honor and respect their parents and, and in the fear of the Lord, that that could drastically affect not just my house, but it could affect my neighborhood. And in turn, it could affect my community. And in turn, it affects the church I go to. And all of a sudden, everything we think is a Trump problem or a Russia problem is no longer a Trump problem or a political issue. It now becomes a family issue. In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Wow that the problem with abortion doesn't start in the government halls. That the problem with homelessness doesn't begin nor end in the Senate halls. That the issue of marriage and what an er marriage means has nothing to do with the state house. It has all to do with what's going on in this room right now in the lives of men and women and children. It is God's will that every family in this room be a blessing to this world. My family, the world's blessing. Come on, clap your hands under the Lord. Now now that's pretty presumptuous. That's pretty presumptuous. Sure it is, because you know my family. You heard about some of it today. If my mother was teaching the Sunday school class, she'd tell you the other side of the story. You'd hear about my deficiencies. Nobody's family is perfect. In fact, if you got a perfect family, we're gonna need to see you after service. We got a few things we want you involved in the next few weeks. But how many today would say, Pastor, I don't have a perfect family? You raise your hand. Listen, most of you raised your hand. I I thank you for being brave enough to say my family's not perfect. But I want to tell you, the guy that God called in Genesis 12, I want to remind you that his family wasn't perfect either. That God said, I want you to be a blessing. But then when you start reading the subsequent chapters of the book of Genesis, there was some terrible stuff that went on. There was some terrible abuse that happened. There was some terrible decisions that were made. There was some tragedies that took place. But the fact of the matter is God wants to trump all those negative things and make your family a blessing in this society. Oh, come on, clap your hands unto the Lord if you believe that today. Now I'm well aware that what I'm gonna preach today is not spiritually popular. I'm convinced the devil doesn't want us to ensure that the family structure is strengthened. I'm convinced that the devil knows the fabric of the blessing that passes on this world is connected with the family. I'm convinced that the devil knows that if he can destroy the family and what it is in society, that he eventually destroys society. So thank God for a church that once a year says, oh no, We're going to support the family. We're going to pray for the family. We're going to encourage the family. 
Well, Brother Gene, I've been through a divorce. I, I, my spouse left or this happened or I'm a single parent and, and I can't tell you all the difficulties I face. Hey, I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what's happened in the past. God can make a deal with you today and you can be a blessing from this day forward. Oh, I wish somebody was hearing what I'm saying. I don't care what your wife said. Well, I'm done. I'm leaving. I want to tell you, God wants to make your family a blessing. I don't care if your husband said, I'm tired of it. I'm done. I'm preaching today that God wants to make you and your family a blessing. Oh, come on, clap your hands unto the Lord today. Come on. Now the magnitude of that is massive. I realize I can't do it justice today. I pray, God, this is too big for me because when I sat and the, 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 the weight of those words that God spoke to Abraham, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That's massive. When I start thinking about the magnitude of that, and the presumptuousness of that from my standpoint. Notice it's not Abraham saying, my family's a blessing. No, it's God saying, in spite of all the negative things, I want to make you a blessing. That gives me hope today. But not only that, all of a sudden the weight of that comes crashing in. That when I begin to think about sitting at the restaurant today after this service is over, and what it means for me to be a blessing to those that are sitting around me. What it means for me to be a blessing to the waiter or the waitress that's bringing me my meal. And what it means to the proprietor of the restaurant in me paying my bills. What it means to the electric company. What it means to the bank with my mortgage. Come on now. What it means to the lady checking me out at Walmart and, and, and checking out my groceries. That's the checking out I'm talking about. What it means for my neighbor who lives next door to me that just happened to cut up my flowers when they were mowing my yard, the, the, what they thought was their yard. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? What does this mean if I'm a blessing? It means how I treat other people. It means how I treat my family. It means the words that I say. That's what it, God wants me to be a blessing, not a curse. It's not my place to tell everybody off, to tell the waitress, well, you just were a little late with my food. No, God wants me to be a blessing. He wants me to have a smile on my, oh yes. Oh, let's worship the Lord right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Lord wants to help us today. God's commandment, it had been, listen now, this is very important, it had been three centuries since Noah's flood. We get to Genesis chapter 12, Now I know it's just a few chapters in the Bible, but it's a long time in real time. It's been 300 years since Noah's flood, the last recorded instance of God speaking to anybody. God hadn't spoken to anybody in 300 years that's a long time without, without hearing a word from the Lord. And some of God's faithful may have begun to think that God had forgotten them, that God had withdrawn from active participation in the affairs of the earth. But in Genesis 12, 1, and the Lord said to Abram, I wanna tell you, it may have been a long time that you've heard from God, but God's got a word for you today. 
the Lord wants to speak to your heart. The Lord wants to speak into your marriage. The Lord wants to speak into you being a parent. He wants to help you today. And here is a word of hope for us. Sometimes God may seem silent and we wonder if he has forgotten us or worse yet, if he's thrown us aside altogether. But Genesis 12 is a reminder that God never forgets his people. Amen. Even after the aggravation and rebellion of the Tower of Babel, even after three and a half centuries of seemingly the silence of God, God has not forgotten his promise to save the entire world. Are you hearing me now? Genesis 3 and 15, the promise had been made. This is to the enemy. This is to the devil. And God said to the devil, I will put enmity between you and the world woman or Eve and between your seed the devil and her seed you better be aware that the devil has seed oh wait wait a minute Jesus the Lord says not Jesus you know we're not we're not going to talk about the pre-existence of Jesus but God says to Satan I'm going to put enmity between thy seed and her seed Listen, I don't want to be a child of the devil. Study that and see what makes you a child of the devil. The devil has seed. Go study that. But that woman has seed also. And the Bible says the seed of this woman is gonna bruise your head and you're gonna bruise his heel. That is a promise of the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. That's not about me. That's not about you. That's about Jesus. God said, I'm gonna break the power of the enemy. I am gonna do what nobody else can do. I want to tell you it's a fact today. God can break any destruction in a family. God can break the destruction of unforgiveness. God can break the structure of of bitterness. God can break in on families that are fractured. What cannot be done by us or any counselor can be done by the Redeemer. And his name is Jesus. My family is to be the world's blessing. Well, come on, lift up your hands and say, Lord, do it in my family today. Come on, lift up your hands right now and say, Lord, do it in my family today. And with that plan in mind, with God saying, yep, you're gonna, Satan, you're going to have seed, but I want to tell you the seed of this woman is going to crush your head. With that plan in mind, God spoke to Abram, and he said, leave your country, leave your relatives, Leave your father's house and go to a land that I will show you. That's a tall order, isn't it? God saying, Abraham, I want you to pack up your things and I want you to move. Now that's, <laughs> that may be license for somebody if you're missing the point today on family Sunday and you say, well, my kids are frustrating me. I think I'll pack up and move. No, that's not what God told Abraham. God didn't say leave your wife and your kids. He said take your family where you're going. I want you to leave behind your homeland. 
I want you to not worry about what culture you were raised in anymore. I want your language not, you know, I'm going to change everything about you, Abram. Leave behind your homeland, your culture and language that you've known all your life. Leave your relatives and make sure you gather together all your possessions, Abram, because you won't ever be coming back to this house. No, you're not hearing me. Abram, if you're going to be a blessing, you better be ready to take everything with you because you're not ever going to go back to being the same person again. Oh, my God. I want to tell you right now, Jesus doesn't just want to give us behavior modification. He doesn't just want to smack our hands every time we have a bad attitude. No, he doesn't want us to have a bad attitude. He wants our behavior to be right with him. He doesn't want us to do good for a couple of months and then not do good for six weeks. No, he wants to take all the bad out of us. (laughs) Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? He wants to take all the, all the bitterness out of me, all the questions out of me. He wants me to take all my possessions because I'm not coming back to this house. I'm not living the same old way I used to live. Oh, what would happen today if God got a hold of families to such a degree that they would say, oh no, we're changing addresses today. We're not going back to that lifestyle. We're not going back to that way of relating to one another. We're moving out of our old house and we're going to a place that God has prepared for us. God says I want you to leave it all Abram and come and follow me. Isn't that beautiful? That the way I become a blessing to the world it's not having my way and doing things my way and getting the house that I want and getting the little piece of property. No. The way I become a blessing is I leave it all to follow Jesus. Lord, I want to go where you're going. Now notice he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, the Lord told him, take all your herds and your flocks with you. What he left was his old life. Somebody say amen. And by the way, I'm not going to tell you where you're going, Abraham, until you get there. Wow, what great faith. Isn't that what Genesis 12, 1 says? The task was very difficult. And if Abram was anything like most of us, he could have thought of all sorts of excuses and arguments of why he shouldn't go. Surely the Lord doesn't want me to do that. I must have misheard what he said. God wouldn't ask me to leave everything I've ever known behind. I can obey and serve him just fine right here in beautiful Ur of the county. But no. Abram didn't make any excuses. What a lesson there is of his obedience for each one of us today. That the things that God asks of us may be difficult, but he's asking for a very specific reason. He wants us to be a blessing. He wants me to attribute a blessing to this world. He wants it to be such a connection that God said to Abram, those that curse you, I'm going to curse. And those that bless you, I'm going to bless. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? Man, what a statement to be made over a family.
somebody that's dedicated to obey God and walk with God and God says, I'm gonna bless you. Even when people don't treat you right, I'm gonna bless you. And those that bless you, they're gonna get a blessing. And those that curse you, a curse is coming upon them. What a great agreement to make with God. And so Abraham went forward, not because it made sense, not because it was easy. Are you hearing me today? not because it seemed the most feasible way to raise a family. No, it was, it, it was the craziest way to raise a family. But Abraham didn't go because it made sense. He went because God said so. That is the very essence of faith now, isn't it? Obedience to God, no matter the costs. No, you didn't hear me. Abraham didn't leave because it made sense. He left because he made up his mind. I'm going to obey what God asked me to do. And isn't that the essence of faith? Well, pastor, I don't just don't know how that's going to work out. Well, you don't need to know how that's going to work out. God is taking to a land, you to a land that you've never seen, that you've never experienced. Why don't you let him direct your path? That's the essence of faith. It's called obedience. Somebody say obedience. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 tells us, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after, everybody say after, now this is what we want. We all want the inheritance to come first. Lord, tell me what I'm getting and then I'll obey. But that's not faith. Faith is God saying, I got something for you if you'll obey me. And us saying, Lord, I'll obey you even though I don't see it. <laughs> that's what faith is. That's the essence of what it means to please God. In Hebrews 11, he was called to go out to a place that he would receive after for an inheritance, after he obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went, I don't know how this is going to work, Pastor. Me and my family are further apart today than we've ever been. But I want to tell you, God's got a place prepared for you. He's, I'm not talking about heaven. I'm talking about a healthy place. I'm talking about a blessed place. I'm talking about a place of healing for your family and for your children. My family, the world's blessing. Abraham must exchange the known for the unknown. Well, Brother Gene, I just think it needs to work this way. Brother Gene, I just think this needs to happen next. And I think, yeah, and the fact of the matter is, while you're doing all that, you're just messing it all up. <laughs> Abraham had to exchange the known for the unknown and find his reward in what he could not live to see. Listen to this. God said, I'll make you a great nation. Everybody say, great nation. Does anybody remember how many kids he had when he died? Come on. Anybody remember how many kids he had? One of them wasn't even the chosen one. Ishmael's one of them and Isaac's the other. Abraham died and he never saw this great nation that God had promised him. He had a few kids. He had a few grandkids, but he never saw this great nation. God had said it'll be the seed of the earth. It'll be as the sand and it'll be as the stars. Listen, the great nation that God was giving to Abraham was not just a natural seed. It it was a spiritual seed. 
Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? So in other words, this is not just about my little family and making sure my kids have a roof over their head. When I obey God, it not only has a natural reward, it has a spiritual reward as well. Who's to say that while we're arguing and, and griping, well, not griping, but we're arguing, we do, and theologically we've got a, a stance and, we, and we've got a place that we feel strongly about. How, how many, I think it's very important that marriage be defined at, at what the Bible defines it as. And this society is redefining it and we're getting all kind of definitions of it. But I want to tell you, maybe the answer is not just beating a drum out on the street corner somewhere maybe the answer is being for my family what I'm supposed to be for my family well well, here let me give an example it'd be crazy if I'm ready to stand up and meet my drum about what a marriage is a husband and a wife and all the time I'm not being the family I should be in when I get behind closed doors are you hearing what I'm saying I think God wants to make us a blessing not only in our own homes but he wants us to be a blessing to this society as well His truth is marching on. I believe revival is coming to this entire world. I believe there's a spiritual awakening that's gonna take place. Somebody say amen. Somebody give the Lord a good hand clap if you believe that. My family, the world's blessing. Abraham must exchange what he knows for what he doesn't know. Well, Brother Gene, I don't know how that's gonna work out. Well, just obey God. Just trust the Lord knows how to work in possibilities. The Bible says Abraham had to, had to accept what he would not even live to see, a great nation. I don't even know how me going to church and teaching my children to love the Lord, I don't even know how that's going to affect our society. I don't know how the rest of you families feel in here, but uh, and it happened as we entered into family month. Uh, brother, brother Kyle and myself, we talked about it every time we go into family month. It's like the devil knows what we're fixing to do, and he just jumps in and blows up stuff all of a sudden. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? I don't know if you feel like I feel, but sometimes I feel like my family is in this little cove in a rock. And it feels like society is a hurricane, a five, a category five hurricane. And I happen to be in this little safe place while the world is going absolutely crazy. Does anybody feel that way? And every once in a while, the craziness blows into my family. I feel a little breeze or I feel a little strong wind or I get a little rain and I think, oh Lord, please not here. I understand the world's going crazy, but not in this safe place. Some of us feel that way, like we're in this cocoon and we're the last bastion of what God wants for a family in the whole world. But could we shatter that today? Could we recognize that God wants his people to stand forth righteously and godly and be a blessing in this world. Could it be that I could go to a restaurant today and there be some single parent that would say, 
Now that's what I want right there. That's what I want right there. I want that kind of family. Could it be that my neighbors see the way my family acts and reacts and they say, oh man, if there's one thing I want, I want that right there in my family. Oh, what a responsibility for the church of the living God to be a blessing in our world. Well, Brother Gene, we got problems. Well, sure, we got problems. My family's in part, sure. But today could be a day where God could turn my family into a blessing. Well, Brother Gene, you don't know what they're teaching in our schools. No, I don't. But I know God called one man and said, by you, I'm gonna make you a blessing to everybody. Maybe we got it wrong. Maybe we need to realize that when we go to work, this is not God just giving you money so you can buy more stuff. This is so God can show somebody there how a man of God works. Amazingly, God wants you to bless somebody. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. I don't believe it's God's will that I fight with the cops. I mean, if I'm gonna be a blessing, I think I ought to submit to the authority that's in the world. I I think I ought to pray for the leadership that's been elected in the leadership. I don't care if I don't agree with it. I thank God for a democracy. Well, there have been a few times my man or woman didn't get in, but I, oh, well, well, well. What am I commanded to do? Be a blessing. Oh, no, I'm getting active. I'm gonna put stuff on Facebook. No, you need to realize God's called you to bless somebody. You wanna be a curse? There's a way to do that. But I wanna be a blessing. Come on, clap your hands under the Lord right now. I'm, I'm hurrying. I'm, I'm drawing too close. It's too big for me. God covenanted with Abraham and he said, Abraham, if you'll leave your, your father and your mother and your kindred. In Genesis chapter 12, the beginning of verse two, we find that attached to God's difficult command was a wonderful covenant. Everybody say a wonderful covenant. I know it's tough. I know it's tough to leave your family and leave your kindred and pack all your stuff up and head off to a land you've never seen. I know that's tough, Abraham, but I want to tell you something. If you'll do this, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. Wow. How many's met somebody that's been a real blessing to you? That's who I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And for them to be a blessing, it took times to obey when they didn't know if they could obey. It took times when it was difficult and they realized, I'm going to follow God. Now, many of us have been in Abraham's sandals, might never have heard God's promises at all if If we had been in Abraham's shoes, we wouldn't have heard verse 2. Because after hearing verse 1, we'd have probably been so engrossed in how much it's going to cost us. Is everybody okay? Should I stop now? Because I sense that you've stopped listening. Should I stop now? Listen, okay. I'm not quite done, but I want you to listen. Listen real close. If we'd been in Abraham's shoes, listen. 
we would have, we'd have never heard what God said in verse 2. Because in verse 1, it overwhelms us. When God says, leave everything that's comfortable to you. Leave all, leave all your security. Leave everything you count on. We, we say, oh, that's too much to do. We never listen long enough to hear what God's going to do. <laughs> it's like we get so engrossed in what we've got to give up. Well, wait a minute, you mean I can't go to the club anymore? You mean I can't smoke crack anymore? You mean I shouldn't get drunk anymore? You mean I gotta give up? Well, if that's where you stop, you've missed the point. God said, I wanna do so much more for you than Jack Daniels can do for you. I wanna do so much more for you than meth can do for you. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? I want to tell you the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what mess going to do to you. But I want to tell you about Jesus. He's come to give you life and joy and peace. Oh, I don't know about the rest of you, but take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Oh, clap your hands under the Lord right now. Thank God. So maybe to be a blessing, I need to be willing to follow God wherever he's leading. And secondly, I don't need to stop listening after he asks me to sacrifice. Because if Abraham had stopped listening, he might never would have obeyed. But he kept listening. And God said, leave your family not your immediate family. Obviously, he took his immediate family with him. He's talking about his father and his mother. Leave your place of comfort. Believe in a way that's outlandish. Where are you going, Abraham? I don't know. Well, how do you know to go? Well, God just said go. Well, where did he tell you to go? He didn't say. How crazy is all that? Thank God for a man that didn't stop listening. And to really be a blessing, not only do you need to determine in your heart, I'm going to obey God no matter how crazy it sounds. The second thing, don't stop listening. Don't stop listening. Because when God says, give your all, lay it on the altar, put all your expectations there, lay it all down, get your hand off of it. When you do that and you just keep listening, God says, okay, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take you to a wonderful land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to keep you in the way that you go. And your seed and your family shall be a blessing. Thank God for what I heard after he first called me. In other words, we obey God because we believe that he knows best. That's why we obey. We obey God because we believe that God knows what He's doing. That's why the Bible commands so often seem connected with Bible promises to help us see that there is a reward in earnestly seeking God. When God commands you to do something, there's usually a promise with it. So Abram was certainly persuaded to obey. What great promises God made him. You're going to have a great name. You're going to be a great nation. And I'm going to make thee a great blessing.
And with the encouragement of these promises, Abraham was willing to leave all that he'd ever known and go to a strange place with no prospect of success except that God had promised to take care of him. Now is it true that God doesn't always make such specific promises to us? Yes, it's true. That God doesn't specifically say some of those things. Sometimes all we have to go on is this. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Sometimes that's all I've got to go on. No, you're not hearing me. Sometimes in all this topsy-turvy world and God saying, Calvin, give this and lay this down and put this on the altar, God doesn't get real specific. He did with Abraham. But sometimes with me, it feels like I'm walking in the shadow. Uh, it's It's like you're going through the darkness. You don't see what God's doing. But I know this. All things work together. So I'll just keep on, so I'll just keep on obeying. So I'll just keep on following you, Lord. I know it doesn't make sense sometimes, but I'm gonna trust you, Lord. Come on, clap your hands under the Lord right now. Sometimes all I have is, and we know, that all things work together for good to them that love God. But I want to say something to you. That's enough. That's enough. For somebody's made up their mind, I'm going to obey God. You know what? God's saying, I'm going to work everything for your good. That's enough. Wait a minute. When I get a pink slip, I don't need God coming down and saying, now this is the part of the plan you don't understand, so let me explain. No, I don't need that. What I, what's enough is, this is going to work together for your good. When the doctor says something that I don't like to hear, I, yeah, it'd be great for God to come down and explain all of it, but it's faith that says, Lord, It's enough to know that all things work together. You see, you see what really pleases God? It's not that God explains everything to you. Then faith is not a challenge. It's not hard to believe when God's explained it all to you. The real essence and power of faith is that you go out not knowing. Isn't that what he said about Abraham in Hebrews chapter 11? By faith, Abraham went out not knowing. Oh Lord, give me the faith of Abraham. But when a circumstance arises in your life, you demand God give you an explanation. But you know what? Faith says, Lord, I don't even know. But I'm trusting you, God. See, I'm not preaching about people that's decided to trust in their flesh or trust in their wisdom or do what they want. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. No, the person that says, God, I'm going to follow you and I'm going to trust you, their family becomes a blessing. It blesses where they work. It blesses their neighborhood. It blesses their community. Somebody say amen. Why don't you lift your hands and love the Lord right now? 
Come on right now, all over the building. Thank you, Jesus. I want my family to be a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I, I know we've, we've been a little long today. We've had extra stuff. Please understand. But I, sometimes it doesn't happen right away. Abraham's, listen, when, he, when God called him and he left Ur of the Chaldees, do you know how many miles he, Brother Joe, thank you for 1,750,000 miles without an accident or a speeding ticket. But do you happen to know, any of you, how far Abraham went when God called him from Ur of the Chaldees till they buried him in that cave? Do you know how many miles he went? 600 miles. journey's going to be long sometimes you're going to feel like man I don't know if I can put one foot in front of the other can I get a witness in your marriage there's going to be times you say man this is a long journey in your kids you're going to think man some of you some of you you're still on a 600 mile trek with your kids and you say man when is this going to ever end I want to tell you friend it may not happen right away but God's word will not fail. <laughs> no, I got to say something to somebody right now. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from. Come on, saint of God, keep on walking. Come on, lady of faith, keep on praying. The journey's not over yet, and it may be long, but keep on being faithful. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. And I close. Thank you, Sister Sherry, for coming up. I'm, I'm hurrying. I want to move ahead real quick. Verse three, I will bless those that bless you. The one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. The last verse in context indicates that the Lord, everybody say the Lord. The Lord, not Abraham, is the dispenser of blessings. It's God that made Abraham a blessing. Abraham has no exclusive claims on God's blessing. God blesses whoever he wants. But we find here that God chooses to bless somebody who's going to be obedient. God has exclusive claim on who he blesses. But the purpose of calling Abraham is to bless. For blessing dominates the call. God kept saying, I want you to be a blessing. I'm going to bless. I'm going to bless. Oh, thank God that God wants to bless people. He wants this community blessed. He wants this church blessed. He wants alcoholics blessed. The purpose is blessing. And God said to Abraham, if you'll do what I've asked you to do, your family will be a blessing. Abraham is the vehicle of the divine gift that God has for everybody. This suggests that a specific plan is envisioned by God to bless people. And God chose Abraham to bless them through Wow. So God basically says to Abraham, leave so that all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. Lord, make me a new creature today. 
Make me a new creature today to recognize that everybody in this community needs a blessing and you've chosen somebody to bless through. God's action of blessing Abraham is not limited to him or his descendants, but the goal is for all people. If I say all people, the Lord said by you all the families of the earth. What did God mean when he said that and you all the families? Well, Abraham couldn't have understood that fully because he, you know, that blessing is still going on. So in the Old Testament, as that unfolds, we see the Jews, Abraham's family, God sending a Savior, Jesus Christ. I thank God for that. That what God was saying to Abraham didn't end with Isaac and Jacob. It didn't end at Bethlehem either. When the seed of Abraham was born in a manger, his name was Jesus. The blessing that was coming upon all people and all the families of the earth was Jesus. I'm not talking about the blessing of me keeping my flowers pretty. I'm not talking about the blessing of mowing my yard. I ought to do that. But the blessing the Lord wants to give to this community is Jesus. Let me ask you, have you seen him lately? No, I hadn't either. But you know what? He's in each one of us, isn't he? Christ in you, the hope of glory. What Jesus gave me right here at the altar, he wants that to be a blessing to other people. Somebody say amen. And not only in the Old Testament, Isaiah 52, verse 15, so shall he sprinkle many nations. He's talking about Calvary. Isaiah's talking about he's gonna be so beat up, you won't even recognize him. But he said, while that blood is spilling, look, verse 15, so sh- while that blood is sprinkling on the ground, so shall he sprinkle many nations. The kings shall shut their mouths at him, for that which had not been told them shall they see, and they which they and that which they have had not heard shall they consider because of Jesus I've heard the gospel I came to an altar I repented of my sins I've been baptized in his name I've been filled with the spirit I've been blessed I've been blessed because one man said I'm leaving what's comfortable and I'm going to follow God it starts it starts a chain that will not be broken all the way to Bethlehem. What kind of blessing can I ever be to this society? It's not me, it's Jesus in me. In fact, when I turn over to the New Testament, I find it's through Jesus, the descendant of Abraham that God's calling. It's through him that people will be redeemed and made God's very own. In fact, Revelation 7 John says, and after this I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man can number of all nations. And all kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes with palms in their hands. Thank the Lord for His blessing in our lives. Because of one man's obedience, many are made righteous. My family can be a blessing to this world. Come on, give the Lord a good hand clap today as we draw to a close. Let me say to you today on Family Month, this is what Jesus wants to do for everyone 
not just Abraham. He wants to do it in you today. What mercy that after the muddy waters of human sin that necessitated a flood and after the confusion of human pride that characterized the Tower of Babel, that God still had a plan to bless all the families through Abraham and ultimately through that one descendant that made all the difference, Jesus Christ. He still wants to bless this community today and he wants to use me to do it. When I go to school, he wants me to be a blessing. When I teach that class, he wants me to be a blessing. Here among Sarah's boxes in Abraham's moving van is another reminder that all the law and the prophets point us to Jesus Christ and Abraham made a commitment. And I draw to a close. In Genesis 12, 4, we read one simple statement. What a wonderful sentence. Genesis 12, 4, after God said, I'll bless you, Abraham, I'll do this for you. Genesis 12, 4. So Abraham went forth as the Lord had commanded him. No questions asked. No altering the plans. He just got up, packed his bags, and said, I'm going to do what God asked me to do. Now, see, you think I'm telling a story about Abraham, but I'm not. I'm telling a story about you. See, you say to God, no, that won't work, God. I can't do it that way. You say to God, no, that's not the way I see it, God. I don't see how that'll work out. We're going to do it this way. See, that's what people that aren't ever a blessing do. They keep arguing with God. But people that say, all right, God, whatever you ask, that's what I'm going to do. No questions asked. I'm packing up, and I'm going to obey you. He just left. And in this regard, Abraham is an example of what it means to walk with God because it was the Lord who spoke and because he trusted God, Abraham simply obeyed. So what are you saying, Pastor, as we close? Fathers, I'm saying just just simply obey God. Some won't even pray long enough to get him to answer because they know what he's going to say. Baby, that's why he's not answering because you already know what he's asked you to do. Come on, husband. What is he asking you to do? I'm just going to follow God. I'm going to do what he asked me to do. And I believe God will make a way. So we must all ask ourselves, what about me? Am I simply obeying God? Or are there clear commandments of God that I've left undone? Are there things that God asks of me that I've refused to do because they're not doing it back or they won't answer this or they won't say this. or that. Well, Brother Gene, what about? No, it's not about them. It's about have I obeyed the Lord? Is it that I've yet to call Him Lord? Is it that I'm still dragging my feet and saying, God, I think I want to try to do it my way? But the fact of the matter is, saints, all disobedience boils down to one of the two. You either are not yet letting him be Lord or you've decided you're going to do it your way. Either you do not care what God says or we do not believe what God says. Either we don't care what he says or we don't believe what he says. That's what disobedience boils down to. So for the child of God, the person who's come to know Jesus Christ, 
And it had, the problem is usually one of faith. We struggle to obey because we struggle to believe that God's way will really work out for the best. So like Abraham, we need to listen and to trust God because he's able to do what he said he would do. Somebody say amen. Come on, let's stand together. I want you to reach over and connect with somebody, your family. I know this service has been long, but uh, I think it's okay. I think we can handle this. This is probably not near as long as your movie you've watched or your video game you play. So right now, just give me a little more patience. Come on, right now, say, Lord, help us. Reach over and get the hand of your wife or your child or your mom or dad or your friend. I want you to pray right now. Lord, touch each one of us today. Move on us.